Encounters in Nature, an open-air dialogue in the North Woods with Celtic polytheist Drew Jacob, voodoo priest Urban Haas, and humanistic pagan B.T. Newberg. Today's segment, the second in a five-part series, is entitled Three Eyes on Nature. So in what respect does nature come into your spiritual path as you realize uh, your voodoo tradition? There's there's a pause there. Um, <laughs> you know, hmm, that's a good question. And, and how much does nature come into it? Uh, obviously, there are, there are so many common natural elements, and I'm going to myself get myself confused and, and lost and, 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 and drift around. Because part of it is you know more personal than that too. Um, for me, I I have a, a strong meditative tradition, and um, from from the Himalayas, from the Vedic traditions. And with that, one of the things that I have with, with nature, of course, that draws me in immediately is, you know, when I get out into a natural setting such as this, sometimes I want to sit down and meditate. Um, that's one side of it. And another side of me is more playful than that. I want to jump on the lake. Mm. Um, you know, so nature has a, a very many different pulls and pushes. Um, as far as how much does nature play, that's a good question. Um, I did find myself going up to northern Minnesota last Halloween um, because I was unable to go down to New Orleans to celebrate Day of the Dead, so I went up into the North Woods, um, up in the middle of the state, and did a ceremony up in the North Woods. Um, and that, to me, was a very natural and a very connection-oriented way to do it. Um, voodoo is traditionally practiced, at least in, in open air, more, more Caribbean-style uh, places, uh, places without doors and windows, per se, mm. that are open. Um, in that sense, you know, like I said back in the earlier days, you know, out in the woods. There is that natural element to it. And um, the biggest thing about voodoo uh, that, I, that I've been told and I agree with is um, what you really have to be able to do with voodoo is dance. And hmm. it's very much an act of religion, an act of participation religion. And by dance, are you talking about something metaphorical or you're talking no. about no, I mean, I mean actual dancing? It is a full contact religion. <laughs> uh, it is do you very, wear pads? No, we do not. It is very active. I mean, you know, you get up and you move and you do things. And it's not a kind of religion where, you know, you sit there and someone talks to you. Um, it, is, it is very actively participated hmm. with everyone that's there, no matter what their position, um, no matter what their, their background. Experiential. Yeah, it's very experiential. Now, Drew, I know uh, from... Your ebook, Walk Like a God. Best well book ever written. <laughs> the greatest book in the world. <laughs> as well as from all your writing, that nature plays a big uh, role for you in your spirituality. Right, yeah. It does. And it, this, is, hmm, this is the thing, is that anyone spiritual who thinks that they are not a nature person or not a big fan of nature is either... Um, misinformed or <laughs> or misrepresenting their spirituality there's someone out there right now that feels offended that, <laughs> <laughs> that person should go in the woods right now right there. <laughs> um, no maybe people frequently refer to themselves well I'm not a nature person they mean by that that maybe you maybe you don't like going camping or maybe you're you don't like bugs or the rain or um, you know like the idea of hunting or fishing or these kinds of things you don't get your recreational time in by going outside in the wild for long periods of time but that's not the only way people connect with nature and um, we are beings who have evolved um, through a very lengthy process of living in the wild and through the vast majority of our history as a species 
we have not lived in houses, we have not um, isolated ourselves from the elements or from nature. For most of our history, we were hominids, and then before that, primates, and before that, many other kinds of creatures. And it is hardwired into each and every person listening here um, to respond to the cues of nature. And when you walk outside somewhere that is full of life, when you walk near trees and plants, if you're somewhere that has those, or if you're in the desert, you get that beautiful vista that lets you see how far out the land reaches and where the next you know, place to find water might be. Um, your body responds to that, and I don't care if you've spent the last 30 years in an office building and spend your weekends um, indoors watching movies, if you go out for a short walk in the woods, you will get that response. Um, it's hardwired into us. We find medicine, we find food, we find water, we find places that are safe for us to live, that are sheltered from predators and from the elements. This is in your genes. So everyone out there um, can, can feel a sense of exhilaration and coming to life when they go outside and embrace the elements a little bit. Um, and that includes even people whose religion or whose um, hobbies have nothing to do with going outside. So you're all nature people. Take off your clothing <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay. So you're a nudist. We're all naked here. <laughs> We're naked with voodoo dolls. You got to participate, okay? <laughs> What Very else are you going to do in the North Woods? It's just true this naked, really. It's really just me. They've been trying to get me to put clothes on for two days. <laughs> well, uh, I would agree with you that nature is very important, um, and I think it's a very personal thing. I know there are a lot of people out there who uh, don't necessarily identify with nature the way it's usually uh, defined. And so I guess in, in talking about my view of nature and how it works into my path, I guess I want to start by kind of exploring what I mean a little bit by that, because usually when we talk about nature, we mean, we mean um, wild nature, uh, especially in the American view of the wilderness as nature, something that is not man-made, that is pristine or n near to it, and that you go out into it and experience this non-man-made uh, environment. Well, that's one view of nature, but I think that nature, I, I, I prefer to think of nature as being more encompassing of that, that it includes the human, it includes the imagination, because we, we uh, come out of nature, we are born of nature, we We're are in the natural part world. of nature, mm -hmm. and the natural <laughs> world is in us, yeah. and I think of, there, I conceive of distinction between uh, wild nature and I guess what you could call uh, urban nature, urban nature, <laughs> domesticated nature. Yes. I don't know. I have to think of a term that's not derogatory of it, but which includes the human mm -hmm. and wild nature. I would include both the pristine, uh, non-man-made natural environment, as well as those depths of the subconscious that are really beyond your conscious control. I see that as another frontier, an inner frontier of nature. So. I think of uh, something a little more all-encompassing when I talk about nature. And I think people who grew up in the city or wherever they may be that they come about that um, they just don't identify with the wild nature in terms of like trees and mountains and rivers, um, that there's, there's more to it than that. And they can also find nature in their city streets, uh, in their parks, in their water fountains, in, their, in the architecture of their city hall and in their own dreams, and in their own uh, recesses 
of their private moments. Uh, so, I would, uh, I you know, I agree with that in spirit. <laughs> dissent. You hear dissent. Go on. I, I, the I, pagan I and the non-pagan you know, speak. I, I really do. I, I agree that there, you know, obviously we are creatures formed by nature and there are, you know, aspects of, of that nature within our imagination, within our psyche. Um, and, you know, certainly there are, you know, little, you can have a house plant, you can have a fountain, that kind of stuff. But um, a cat. when we're talking about the intersection of, of spirituality and nature, it, it's important to come to terms with the fact that you need to actually change something to get a different result. And for all the people out there who feel this sense of spiritual longing or feel like there's something bigger that they can connect to, that there's something more out there, y you actually have to, you know, work. <laughs> to to get to that, uh, uh, it does take a, a certain amount of you, you mean know effort. It takes some effort, yes. Yeah. And you're probably not going to find it in your house. You're probably not going to find it in the uh, same streets you walk down every single day. Do you know some people that have meditation rooms in their homes? This is very true. Meditation is helpful, but yeah. it's really when you get out of your element, when you get out of your comfort zone, and uh, remember that the way that most of us live is not the way we were designed to live. And when people feel a sense of being disconnected or feeling like they're missing something, it's oftentimes because we are not the nomadic people we so were evolved to. Do you to. feel like we're living in a natural life then? I. <laughs> that's interesting. I, you know, I think yeah. You know, humans for a long time have congregated together in, in mm. close groups and yeah. in social settings, and I think the cities, in some aspects, are Correct. an extension of that. Yeah, in in a way, but I think you know, it's it's not just about being disconnected from nature as like the wilderness, but also in terms of, you know, do you still live in a single room with a lot of relatives? <laughs> do you do you see people routinely that you love? Is your residence located more than a mile from the next nearest residence so that you have room to breathe and spread out and not feel, you know, there's a lot of things that go into the human psyche that are not, the way we live now is not the way we were evolved to live. I'm not saying you should all give up your houses and run out to the middle of nowhere. There's but not enough room. There's not enough, yeah, it leaves nowhere to us, okay? <laughs> we're holding it down out here. But uh, it, those, those stresses are there. And until you step outside of that life and accept that maybe it's not the ideal life, that it's going to be hard to find a different result. But why does it have to be in wild nature? For example, I know you've done, for example, urban spelunking, mm -hmm. uh, Again. which mm -hmm. consists of, for example, going through tunnels of like sewers and things in it, mm -hmm. almost Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles type of style. There was a lot of ninja going on. Yeah. The Goonies. Uh, <laughs> or if, you, uh, if you're talking about going out of your element, out of, away from your familiar household, going into a different neighborhood. Uh, with or a different gallery. social class, mm -hmm. economic class, or culture than you're used to, and finding your way there. I think that's a super powerful practice, and I think I wish more people would do it. Travel changes you, and even short term, if you can't travel across the world, you know, travel to a new part of your town or the next town over. Absolutely. Hmm. To get on the bus. Get on the bus. Go to the museum. <laughs> Still naked. <laughs> Go to the zoo. <laughs> Go to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Take a class. <laughs> Expand your mind. I I am I'm on board with that. Okay. Yes. This has been Encounters in Nature, an open air dialogue in the North Woods with Celtic polytheist Drew Jacob, Voodoo priest Urban Haas, and humanistic pagan B. T. Newberg. 
Next time, Urban finds nature in the cityscape. BT tells of a nameless presence, and Drew shares what it's like to eat a turtle foot. Encounters in Nature is a production of humanistic paganism. HTTP colon slash slash humanisticpaganism.wordpress.com Ah, ah, ah,